0: All right. I'd like to welcome everybody back to another edition of Coach Starnes Raw. It's been a while since uh, since we've been here and you know, with the Christmas break. But uh again, I just wanted to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Hope everyone had a great break. Uh it's good to be back. Uh it was a great break. It was a there was a lot of good football on and and I just I really get I really enjoy that, that bowl season and, and this time during the NFL when when things kind of get ramped up and the intensity level, I think, rises a little. You know, you can get in the doldrums of, because the NFL is such a long season, you get in the doldrums of the midseason woes that things kind of get monotonous and, and, you, and it just gets tough and tough. But then right now, here at the end, with uh, the playoff push for a lot of teams, it, it was pretty exciting. So, again, a lot to talk about. Looking forward to it. Now – Let's start off with the with the bowl games with bowl season. You know, there's a lot of people on either side of the fence. You know, some people hate what don't like watching bowl games. Some of them view them as exhibition games. Uh, Again, it's just really the way you handle the bowl game, and I kind of talked about that. I remember before the break, some teams look at it as kind of a as a as a celebration of that season and. So they want to go out on top, and then I mean, everybody wants to win the game, no matter who's participating, no matter who's coaching. But some of them look at it kind of as a celebration for that season and kind of the, the last game of the season, and some of them look at it as the first game of the next season. Play a lot of young players, look at the development. They they love those extra two, three, four weeks of practice so that they can you know prepare their programs for the upcoming season because really it's a it's a whole year long. Football's a year-long program. Uh, you know, we get the season from from August to to January, but it's a year-long process. And, and, and it's just what do you view these bowl games as, the end of this process or is it the beginning of the next process, the next year? Again, I know, and there's a lot of people on the, you know, oh, the opt-outs, coaching changes. Yeah, I mean, I, hey, it makes a huge, it has a huge effect on the quality of the games. But it's still football. They're still playing. The X's and O's are still great. I love watching the games. Whether I mean, I don't like the opt out. I'll talk about that in a minute. But it still, to me, doesn't affect the game. I'm still going to watch football no matter who's playing. I enjoyed watching the Division Three National Champions National Championship. Uh, I, I enjoy watching all level. I'm looking forward to the FCS uh, Final. Even though Sam Houston, you know, fell short and, and wasn't able to make it this year. But, but just looking forward to all – I just like watching football, no matter who's playing. But, you know, so to that point, the bowl games, the opt-outs, coaching changes. Coaching changes we really have no control over. I mean, coaches are going to move on. That's part of the business. And that is a business because that is a profession. You know, they say, in, in my opinion on it, and again, it's just strictly an opinion. It's a personal opinion. I'm not saying right or wrong. You know, they always say, well – the players should not they should be able to move from place to place coaches do well the coaching is a profession and, and football is a profession too but it's i don't think it's supposed to be still in college it's not a profession in college when you get to the NFL or hey to the USFL event, you know this spring which looking forward to that but if you get to there i think i view it now it's a profession you people move around but in college it's still not supposed to be a profession so, I mean, it's just all in how you view it. So, I, I mean, the transfer portal, obviously, I'm not a huge fan of the transfer portal. I, I, I want to look more into the transfer portal and how it works, but I just don't like the idea of, I mean, it's, it's basically like free agency in college. And, and I think we're losing the, the purpose of what it's, of what it's for of what playing college football is for, playing for your school, playing for a school that recruits you, being committed to that school. Again, then they always go back to the argument is, well, the coaches leave? Well, again, that's that's a business. Sometimes they don't have a choice. Sometimes they, I mean, they don't have a choice to leave. Sometimes they get let go. Sometimes they move on. But this transfer portal with the kids, with these athletes are just moving around from school to school to school, it's, I mean, first off, it's very hard to keep up with. Second, it's really changing the landscape of college football. I, I don't like it, but that's a personal opinion. I'm not saying right or wrong or indifferent. That's just, it's just my opinion on it. Uh, I don't like the opt-outs. You know, I, I love it. I can't. It was the Florida running back, and I, and I, and I don't want to. I wish I knew, I remembered his name, but I was watching the bowl game. I think it was number twenty-seven. Uh, watching the, I think it was the Gasparilla Bowl with UCF in Florida. And I watched it. He says I committed to play here at Florida for four years, and that's what I'm going to do. And he finished it out. No coach, his coach left. He had an interim head coach, but he was going to finish it out because he made a commitment to that school. I appreciate that. That needs to be celebrated. I'm not anti the kids who opt the athletes who opt out. I'm not. No, I'm just saying I just don't. I like the ones that play. I'd rather celebrate. And I heard uh, Dusty and Dvorak talking or. I heard on the radio on ESPNU the other day that there's a, we need to celebrate the ones that choose to play. A Matt Corral. I know he he rolled his ankle in the game and he's gonna be okay, which shouldn't affect his draft status. That's great. But that young man decided to play. And Mississippi is where they're at because a lot because of his strong character and his commitment to his team throughout the whole season. And it showed in his commitment to play in the Sugar Bowl and i i want we need to celebrate that not look at a young man who who had a you know hurt his ankle hurt his lower leg and say oh goodness this is why they shouldn't play in bowl games no let's celebrate the fact that he did play in the bowl game let's celebrate those young men that decide hey i'm finishing out what i started like the florida running back in the Gasparilla bowl let's 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 finish it out I made a commitment to play here, this school, I'm a student here, not a professional athlete yet, I'm a student here, I'm going to finish out what I started. Let's celebrate that. Again, everyone has their choice, not, and I'm not knocking anyone's choice. I'm not a fan of the opt-outs, but again, I respect everyone's decision. That's, and that's fine. But I think we should celebrate the ones that decide to stay and play for their teammates because that's special. Uh, you know, coaching changes, again, we don't have much control over that. And I think the early signing period really has had a, uh, a big effect on that because now, with that early signing period, schools feel the need to make that decision even more quicker or even, even more quicker, pardon me for that, even quicker than they normally do because of that early signing period. And so you see these teams that haven't had a have, have an interim coach for three, four weeks maybe or, or more, like Texas Tech, which, hey, Texas Tech, hats off to Texas Tech. They played great in their bowl, played inspired football in their bowl game for Sonny Cumbie, who's now going to be the head coach at La Tech. That was that was an outstanding game. Even though you know I was probably pulling for Mississippi State in that game because I like uh, I'm a big Mike Leach fan, but Texas Tech came to play and they took it to them. Um, so again, those things have a lot of effect on the bowl games, but it's still again to the root of it, it's still. It's still college football, and I love every aspect of college football. I uh, respect the players that play there. I appreciate every, all the hard work that they put in. Again, whether they play in the bowl games or whether they opt out, I appreciate everything they've put into their into this into their programs and into their careers at these colleges. But just but just love watching good college football. So you get all games all over the spectrum, right? Um, you know, some of the best games that I saw, the Missouri Army game was great. I know there were Missouri had a few opt out, and then they had a quarterback who entered the transfer portal. But it was just a good game. Missouri was inspired. Missouri was excited to be there. Army, I love the academies. They're always excited to be there, and they and they don't get they don't opt out. <laughs> so that was a that was a great football game. A great finish to a great football game. Who'd have thought a flexbone team could drive it down the field to get a game winning field goal with with time running out? hats off to Missouri for for a, a good season and for army for a really good season and and finishing that game off same thing i was able to take my boys to the air force game and that was a special game first off it's the first time i've ever gotten to see air force play in person loved it i've got, I've, been, I've been afforded the opportunity to go see navy play which was a great experience but never got to see air force play which is one of my well if one of my you know besides M, one of my favorite teams if not my favorite team And they were playing in uh, the first responder bowl in Dallas against Louisville. Both teams, almost full force, both coaches, both teams wanted to be there. Both teams wanted to win that football game. And what you see, it's a whole different level of intensity when you get that. And so Air Force Louisville, outstanding football game. I love the flex bone. I I remember I talked a lot about the flex bone and and option football right before the break when I broke down the Army-Navy game. But Air Force did what they did. You know, they got the lead, and they took the air out of the ball in the second half. Great football. Loved it. And then on the way home, I'm I'm listening to the Mississippi State-Texas Tech game and I, and and I'm I am kind of surprised you know cuz Mississippi State had a lot to play for but but with their whole with the majority of their defense opting out or not I say opting out the majority of their defense not participating in this game made a, made a significant difference Texas Tech dominated them in the trenches Texas Tech dominated Mississippi State in the trenches and a lot of it had to do with Mississippi State being shorthanded but also Texas Tech came in with they were ready to play and they were played inspired football. They played great football. That was a, I mean, obviously thirty-four to seven, convincing win. But it was a dominant performance. Dominant performance. And so you you get games like that that you're not, you know, you never know, you never know what's going to happen. But but there were a lot of good football games, you know. Again, opt-outs are not opt, no opt-outs. But but it was but it was just fun to watch. It's always fun to. It's a great see, you know, season of football. It's a great end to the to this to the season. You get to see teams, a lot of teams you don't typically watch. I try to watch every bowl game. I recorded all of them and I'm in the middle of breaking them down each and every each and all each and every one of them. But but I watch these games and there's teams I don't get to see most of the year. Ball State and Georgia State. Georgia State looked great. A really good football team. Didn't I mean you didn't see a lot of it. And you always see the conferences. People want to judge conferences. I know they have that that bowl series or the championship series where they, the best conference wins it. And, and that's great, by the way. But the top two conferences in it are the Mountain West, I believe, and the American Athletic Conference, which two good conferences. Mountain West played great in the bowl games, you know, with the exception of Nevada, which, again, is experiencing quarterback left, coach inter- coaching change, coach moved to um, Colorado State having to play in Michigan against Western Michigan that's tough that's I believe that was a Mountain West only loss. Air Force looked great um, I bet I think Boise State would have won if Boise State would have played. San Diego State beat a very good UTSA team uh, so the Mountain West played great American Athletic Conference played real well but what we see is yes those conferences did well but and most of them did well against the Mac. Or against the, you know, the Pac-12, or and yes, I threw the Pac-12 in there. Oregon's conference USA, or against the Sun Belt. Okay, so they won those games. It, it's still just because they won their bowl game doesn't mean they're on the level of the Power Five. And I think we saw that this year. I think we saw that this weekend. There's a difference in the Power Five and the Group of Five. There is a difference, whether we like it or not. You're always going to get an upset against a team like UCF who's inspired to play in a bowl game. I believe it was the Peach Bowl against Auburn a few years back, and Auburn's not very inspired. Auburn's just kind of going through the motions, and UCF beat them. Same thing with Georgia and Cincinnati. Cincinnati wanted to be there and almost beat Georgia. Georgia had to kick a uh, a long uh, field goal to win the game. So, yes, you're going to get your, power, your group of five upsetting your power five, especially if they don't want to be there. But in a game when both are highly motivated to be there, it's a different story. And, and we saw that. And so, you know, this, this past weekend, we saw some great football. Uh, inspired Utah team playing a, a young Ohio State team. And I say young because they had a few key opt-outs at receivers, but they're so deep at receiver. And Stroud played just an absolutely beautiful game. Uh, and Ohio State on offense was spectacular. But what it showed me in that Rose Bowl is that Oh the reason Ohio State offensively is spectacular and what and has been, defensively they're not they're not there. Defensively, they're not at a championship level right now. Ohio State her Kirk her, Herb, she said it. Defensively, Ohio State's not at a championship level. And that's why they are where they were. So, Utah played great football. Utah, being the champion of the Pac-12, put on a good show. Again, played played really good football. Didn't have enough to, to beat Ohio State. Just absolutely, you know, did some great things early, but once Ohio State got rolling offensive, they had no answer for it. And so what we see, you know, my takeaways from that are, it's different in the big in the Pac-12, and I've talked I've talked about that all year. Yes, Oregon went into in, in Ohio State and upset a, a young Ohio State team. They did. That was a great win. But overall, the Pac-12 is not up to the level of the other Power Five conferences. It's not. It showed in bowl season. It showed year in year out. It's a different level of football right now. I'm not saying that won't change. I mean, because for a while, you know, Oregon was on top. USC was right up there with them on top. Stanford was really good for a while. But there is no consistency right now in the Pac-12. It is, it, is a, it is a lower tier of football right now in the Power Five. They have a tough time competing with the Big Ten, the ACC, and the SEC, and the Big 12. To me, it's just different. So, there were some great games on New Year's Day. You know, Penn State, Arkansas, Kentucky, Iowa. Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. What we saw the that Friday and Saturday, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day is that you know that slogan it, it just means more, right? I love it. The SEC the slogan it just means more. Well, it means more when they want to be there, right Florida <laughs> Florida it didn't mean more to them. The kids played hard. I'm not and I'm not taking away from that. I'm just saying overall the focus when you don't have your coach, when you have interim staff, when you have a lot of players not there that were there during the season, it's just a different level of focus. Yes, you have to want to be there, but when the SEC wants to be there and they're at full force, it means more. It's a different level of football. And where is it a different level of football? If you watch these games, skilled players, you'll get good quarterback play all across the country. You'll get great receiver play all across across the country. You'll have good running backs all over the country, power five, group of five, doesn't matter. You have skilled players everywhere. Where the SEC is different than everyone else is in the box. The SEC is different in the box. They're bigger, faster, stronger than everyone else in the box. And their depth is better than everyone else in the box. You see it. When you go to a game, and I've seen it because we've gone to A&M games before they were in the SEC, and now that they're in the SEC, they look different in the trenches. Their offensive line and defensive line are different. That's where the SEC is different than everybody else. And when Clemson was – and still, Clemson just had an off year. I mean, goodness, they still had a great year. They just weren't in the Final Four this year, right? I mean, they're still 10-3. and But when Clemson was winning national championships, they looked different in the box. They had an outstanding defensive line. That's where the games won. Yes, RPOs, yes. Hey, tempo, this, they have this great style of offense. They have this fast-paced offense, this this great pressure on defense. Yes, but when it comes down to it, football games are won in the trenches. You still have to be able to run the ball and stop the run. How many national championships did Oregon win? Okay. How did Tennessee look in the bowl game? Because they're an anomaly in the SEC. They played themselves out of a game. They had total control of the game, but they still used their tempo all game. And Purdue Purdue, Purdue beat them in the trenches because, and see now that's going back to a different point. I talked about this tempo thing because I'm not a big fan. I'm a fan of using tempo, but I'm not a fan of being a, what you categorize yourself as a tempo offense. Because they've said these offenses focus on just going fast. They don't pay as much attention to detail. And you have to have great attention to detail to be good in the trenches, to be good in the box. They're using tempo to try to get you misaligned, to try to get you on your heels. And it works sometimes. But what does it not do? It doesn't give your defense a break. It doesn't uh, allow you to hold on to a lead. Tennessee was in total control of that game, and they are not able to slow it down, run the football, and then shorten the game. They lengthened the game. Not a huge... I mean, that doesn't mean you're not going to win games, but when you get into a game against a Purdue team, Purdue came in and many people... I mean, Purdue should not have beat them in the box, but they did. Purdue paid better attention to detail, and Purdue got after Tennessee in the box. And, And Tennessee, elongating the game, once they got the lead allowed Purdue to get back in the game because I don't think they pay enough attention to detail. And that's what tempo offenses do. So, again, winning football comes down to winning in the box, which takes me to the two semifinal games. And I believe, I I don't want to misspeak on my predictions right before the break, but I did predict both SEC teams winning in, in, in big fashion. I want to say I had Alabama winning by 17, which I think they won by 23. And then I... Or they won by 20... I'm sorry, 21. And I had them winning by 17. I think I said Georgia by 20. And they won by 23. Those two teams are better than everybody else. And where are they better than everybody else? They're better than everyone else in the box. They're better than everyone else up front. You know, they're... All, it's It's crazy because there's so long so much of a buildup between these between the end of the season, between the championships and these semifinal games. Everyone's talking about it. everybody, I mean they, there's four weeks almost three and a half, four weeks to talk about this. And so everyone's building this up. they everyone's looking at it from every perspective. Oh, hey, I think if Cincinnati does this, they have a chance. If Cincinnati does this, they have a chance. If, if Alabama does this, they have a chance. same thing. Man, Georgia got exposed against Alabama. Michigan's Michigan's rolling. Their 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 run game's unstoppable. Oh, hold on. Their run game's yeah unstoppable until they play against Alabama or Georgia, or an SEC interior defensive line. And so what it comes down to is that first drive of Alabama's kind of. It summarized the semifinal. Ten, what was it? I know 10 rushes for 62 yards on the first drive. They one pass for a touchdown. They didn't even need to throw it, but they did. It was a great pass, great great play call. They didn't have to do it, but they did. They could have ran it two or three more times and scored. They physically dominated Cincinnati in the box from jump start. That was their game plan going in. That was their significant advantage over Cincinnati. Cincinnati had two great corners because they shut down Williams till late in the game. Williams was shut down until late in the game for the most part. The Alabama passing game was shut down until late in the game, until they, you know, they hit that wheel route with the broken coverage, and then they got some things going late in the game. But Alabama won that game because Alabama was dominant up front on offense. And they were really good on defense as well. They had Ritter pegged. They had Ritter beat from the get-go. He was a one-look pass. They followed the quarterback. They they controlled rushed. They followed the quarterback's eyes. As soon as he looked, he didn't look anything off. That's where he's throwing. They got their hands up. And how many deflected balls did they have, did Alabama have, especially on that first drive? That was the key to stopping Ritter early on, deflections. It wasn't like he was throwing interceptions or they were fumbling the ball. No, pass deflections. And then they get him in third and long. And when Alabama has you in third and long, they know what you're going to do. And they're going to pass rush, and, and Cincinnati couldn't hold up to their pass rush. They did some good things about getting pressure on Bryce Young, but it didn't matter because Alabama could run the ball whenever they wanted to. It didn't matter. That game was over as soon as I saw the first drive of the game. By each team. When I saw the first drive of the game, it was over. I said Alabama, this is this is over. When Alabama Alabama saw and Bill O'Brien had a great game plan coming in. We're gonna run the football and we're gonna show where our superiority is. And they did that. And Bill O'Brien's a guy that you have to get off schedule. If you get him off schedule and you mix up your pressures and you get him off off his game plan, they Alabama does not do well. Auburn did it, AM did it. If you get him off schedule, LSU was able to do it. If you get him off schedule, they have difficulty. If he's on schedule, if the game plan's rocking and rolling, and you don't get him off his game plan, it's over. Because most likely they're better than you. Where it matters. Same thing with Georgia. The Georgia-Michigan game wasn't even as close as the score. It it wasn't even as close as the Alabama-Cincinnati game. That was absolute domination. And I watched I broke started breaking that one down yesterday. The difference is Georgia was dominant up front and able to get to the second level of the their line on their combo blocks, whether it was zone or power or or the yeah, whether it was their zone or their power offense were able to get up to the second level of the Michigan defense. Michigan was not able to get up to the second level of the Georgia defense. And that's cuz Georgia's able to play man to man defense. And and Michigan didn't have anyone really on the perimeter that could exploit, like a Williams, that could exploit Georgia's man-to-man defense. And Georgia was able to stack the box, and Michigan could not get up to the second level of the Georgia defense. And so Michigan got shut down and exposed. That was absolute domination. Whether we like it or not, it's a different level of football. And again, it comes down to the play in the box. So, I will finish college football with my prediction. I was, I think, you know, and after watching, I'm going to break it down a little more. But I watched the Alabama game very closely. But wasn't able to watch the Georgia game as close as I would like to. I watched it, but I wasn't able to watch it break it down. I'm in the middle of doing that. But I think, you know, after the last, you know, Alabama went out and dominated Georgia. Georgia shut down was able to you know to minimize Alabama's running game, but they weren't able to get pressure on Bryce Young, and they didn't get a Bill O'Brien, and they were he had enough time to exploit Georgia's man-to-man defense. Georgia came in and played what Georgia's been doing all year. They played basic Georgia football. Their basic defense, basic offense. I think what we're going to see Monday is I think we're going to see a bunch of adjustments, and the key is going to be is can Kirby Smart and his staff get Bill O'Brien. And his staff off their game plan. If they can get them off their game plan, which I think they will early on, mix up pressures like Auburn did and like Alabama AM did. They mix up pressures, bring different pressures, mix up coverages just a little. Doesn't mean you don't do what you do, you do what you do well. Mix up your pressures, put pressure. If they get pressure on Bryce Young, George is going to win the football game. And I think they will. I do, I think they will. I'm thinking 28-20. I think Georgia's going to win 28-20. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be an eight-point. I'd say Georgia by eight. That's just, just my opinion. Who knows how it's going to go? I think it's going to be a great football game, just like the last one was in 17. I think it was 17. Great football game. That's what I'm expecting. I could be wrong. That's, that's what I'm expecting Monday. Georgia by eight. Now off to NFL. Hey, NFL is getting real exciting right now. You know, everybody's wondering. They say it's going to water it down adding that seventh team to the playoffs, I think it's been great. I mean, we're looking at the majority of the teams in the NFL coming into the last two weeks of the season with a chance to make the playoffs. That's what we want. You want meaningful football. You don't want over half or half to over half the NFL out of the playoff race with the last three weeks left. Adding that last, that extra team to the playoffs now provides us with more meaningful football at the end of the season. NCAA needs to look at that. A lot of these opt-outs, a lot of these issues going on in college football, maybe they can be maybe they can be fixed by extending the playoffs. People say, "Oh, it devalues the regular season." It hasn't devalued the regular season in the NFL. It's made it more it's it's made it more meaningful. So, looking forward to that, I again, I love playoff NFL football. It's a different level. It's crazy because these guys are professionals. But they do. It ramps up when you're trying to make the playoffs, and when you get into the playoffs, it's a different level of football because it's a one-game season, and these are the you know some of the best athletes in the world. And I love watching NFL playoff football. It's 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 fun. It's exciting. Again, the different level of intensity on every play is something to behold. It's something to watch. I'm excited. You know, one of my teams is now in. Thank goodness the eagles were able to make the playoffs texans had a tough year did some really good things late in the season davis mills has has gotten a lot better i think i think the texans in general have gotten a lot better but hey the eagles are going to get in the playoffs and they're running the football well i love jalen hurts again coached against him when he was a freshman at channelview when i was at baytown um always been a huge fan of his i hope he does great things in the playoffs looking forward to that but um but everybody, you know, everybody, it's NFL. And one thing that I think typifies this season is it's like a week to week basis. And I think a lot of it has to do with COVID, with the protocols, with players in and players out. But just the, there's a lot of parity in the NFL. And we talked, I've talked about that year, all year. There's the, the gap between the level of players is so close in the NFL that, it's, it's it, I mean, any anybody can win on any Sunday. Even, De- I mean, Detroit, Jacksonville, Houston, Texans, anybody can win. And so, who are the favorites going into the playoffs? You know, for a while, you know, in the AFC, it was the, oh, Titans, Titans, Ravens. Well, now, now we're going to shift to the Patriots, Chiefs. Oh, now the, then over the break, I mean, the Colts, Colts are going to be hard out for anybody. Well, the Colts just went to Vegas and lost to Vegas. Who's the top team? No, oh, now we're back on Tennessee. Kansas City, Kansas City again. Kansas City's rolling and, and Kansas City's going to be a tough out. Kansas City, I think in the AFC, I, it's it's a week to week thing. Who knows who's going to be on COVID protocols in the playoffs. This is going to get this is going to get very interesting. Because you can't have a bad week. You can't put 12 people on the you can't put 12 players on the COVID list and and escape from it's going to be very difficult to escape that. And the AFC, probably the best, the from top to bottom on the roster, the best two teams are probably the Chiefs and the the top two seeds. The Chiefs and the um, Titans. Cincinnati did everything right and was able to, to get a victory at home against the Chiefs. But I don't believe they're going to get to play him at home in the playoffs. So that's going to be different. Titans, with getting Derrick Henry back, a fresh Derrick Henry, that's going to be interesting. Titans are playing great football. They remind me of the old Patriots teams. So watch out for that. And then Bill Belichick again, still the best coach ever in NFL history. I'm anxious to see how they play in the playoffs because they play well if they can move the ball offensively consistently and Mac Bra- Mac Brown, sorry. Mac Jones can play consistent football on offense and and throw the ball consistently and 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 get in a, in a groove on offense. If, if Patriots can get in a groove on offense, they're going to be tough to beat too. So I'm looking forward to it. I don't know who's going to come out of the AFC it's going to be who's the hottest and who's the healthiest. NFC, oh, it's getting interesting. Um, I think probably the best overall team is obviously the Packers, but I think the Packers have some glaring deficiencies as well. I think a good team can come in and run the ball on them. That's going to present problems, even in cold weather of, uh, of Green Bay. So they're going to have to they're going to have to combat that. They're going to have to be better at stopping the run. Aaron Rodgers is amazing. Tom Brady's amazing. Those two are at a different level than, than I think everyone else is. They're just better than everybody else. They're more experienced, and they're two of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game. Tom Brady's the best quarterback to ever play the game, and Aaron Rodgers are not far behind. But I'm looking forward to watching that. I know they met in the NFC Championship last year in Green Bay. The weather was nice. I think they only had like 10% capacity. This year it's going to be a lot different. It'll be packed house, and it'll probably who knows what the weather will be like if that happens. I don't think Dallas is with the other ones. I said that over and over again. I don't even think the Cardinals are a, a, a great football team right now. And the Cardinals went into Dallas and beat Dallas. I just don't think Dallas is up with those other four. And I think it's the Rams. I think it's going to be the Rams, the Bucks, or the, or the uh, Packers. And, again, it's going to come down to who's the healthiest and who's hot right at the right time. It'll be fun to watch. You know, that's where we're at. We'll know more after this, you know, the, the matchups after this weekend. I'm looking forward to this week eighteen. I think it's gonna be I think it's cool the way it's set up. I like it. I like the way the NFL has set this up. It provides even a little more excitement adding this extra week in the way they've set up this last weekend of NFL football. It's kind of their showcase. So really looking forward to that. Um, but you know, moving forward. It'll it'll be an exciting it'll be an exciting end to the football season. It's always kind of a, a, a joy joy. I love this time because of the intensity's ramped up in the NFL playoff. NFL's different than regular season NFL. Love the bowl season, but it's also kind of the January's kind of the end of football for a while. But I'm excited about the USFL. So Coach Darn's role will continue. It will. Through January, through February, and then we start in April. I believe that USFL. We'll talk draft. I'll talk basketball, talk baseball when it comes around. Talk a lot of things. It's been football heavy right now because again, that's just what my focus is right now. I don't. I, I love basketball. Really, kind of start watching basketball in February. Uh, heavily, I'll watch a And And M plays Georgia, I believe, tonight in their first SEC game. Looking forward to that. But, uh, but yeah, but, again, want to thank everybody for, for listening and just really enjoy talking about it. And, again, these are just my opinions. It's is kind of my take. I just I appreciate all these young athletes and NFL athletes for everything they put in, these coaches, these organizations, these schools. Just really thankful for, for just the atmosphere of football. I don't think there's anything like it. I think football is the best game there is for many reasons. And it's just my favorite. It's just an opinion. It's just my personal opinion. But but I love it, love everything about it, and love being a, having the opportunity to come in here and talk about it. Thanks so much. And look forward to joining you all with another edition of Coach Darn's Raw.